0: welcome to the rock on podcast for spark sport quick introductions and background from our beautiful guests today
1: okay i okay. will go first um, my name is scotty stevenson or sumo i'm a broadcaster with spark sport and uh, i have broadcast rugby world cups in the past um, and i'm going to be helping present the coverage alongside this fantastic wahine on my left
2: oh thanks sumo uh, my name is senen I'm a former Irish international and uh, I've recently returned uh, home to New Zealand uh, to also join Sumo and the team for Spark Sport um, and I've also you know, worked in the global game as well and uh, really looking forward to, to the action starting next weekend. Well, talking about
0: next weekend, kick off on Saturday the 8th of October, what are you both actually looking forward to the most? Because you, you've got a, little, a fair bit of experience in the game.
1: Uh, you know, there's enough to get through in three games of footy with six fantastic teams on show, right? But what I'm looking forward to seeing New Zealanders put their money where their mouth is and turning up en masse for this game. I think if New Zealand can create a world record crowd for a Women's World Cup on day one, then that is going to set this tournament up for so much success over the over the next seven weeks and i think um i think our women deserve that five-time world champions and those visiting teams who are going to be playing a world cup here for the very first time deserve nothing less too that's what i'm personally looking forward to i
2: actually i agree i think day one is the opportunity for it, you know anyone in New Zealand who's available to mm. make it at the grounds and also to watch it live to be part of history it's, it's a potential history I mean there's an opportunity for uh, New Zealand to, yeah. to do something special not just from a hosting of a World Cup um, for the campaign that it is and its pinnacle event for the women's 15s game mm. but certainly an opportunity for a tone setter to be uh, so far one of the best World Cups please go on to
0: yeah, what do you think is actually going to get people onto the, on, into the seats at Eden Park come the opening day? Because I mean, like we've heard, we speak about it often, mm-hmm. um, and it feels like we've probably know about it for a while, but for the other people that are kind of on the, you know, like, maybe we might come, maybe we won't. Like, what do you think is actually going to get them buying tickets that are only $5 for tick- tickets?
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's value for money, for starters. Um, do you know, I don't think the Black Ferns could have given a better advertisement than uh, their match against um, the Sakura on Saturday night. Mm. Uh, look, it was a shame for Japan, who maybe were just a little overawed by the occasion, but if you wanted to get behind a team that plays a skillful brand of footy, very athletic, very dynamic, uh, everything was on show in that game. I thought the Black Ferns were absolutely out of this world, incredible in that match. I forget the opposition for a second. To do what they did, to put all of those passes together, for the plan to come together like that on Eden Park, two weeks out from a World Cup. What more do people need than that?
2: I, uh, when you mentioned around what you're looking forward to, which is um, sell out, you yeah. know, packed stadiums, absolutely on the same, but also for me, I wanted to, oh, I want to see the teams execute. Mm. And so for the likes of the Black fans, as you say, uh, they just executed so well and it's such a pretty to watch game. Um, so, yeah. I'm. I'm
1: that was, a, that was a shut your mouth performance, right? Mm. For all of those people who don't think still, and there are some people out there who don't think that women can play footy, well, that's a shut your mouth performance right there. Every doubter in the country and the world would have to admit, ah, oh, they're pretty good. Mm. And they're not even the favourites for this tournament, let's be honest. So if that's what the Black Ferns can dish up on their home deck, imagine favourites like France, like England, coming out here and showing us what they can do too.
0: So what are your predictions then for the World Cup? And, oh, I, and oh, I know this comes to really, Oh, this oh early, right. <laughs> early doors. Oh, straight away question. predictions. Oh. And then I thought we were like, oh, we'll tease it in a little bit. We'll go second question. So mm-hmm. who, who are you thinking? Should we rank? Are we going to rank them? One, two, three, do you think, for your
1: favourites? I and mean, Sydney's got so much experience in Europe, so you're going to be a better gauge of of just how strong England and France are in this tournament. Um, Look, I'm not going to discount the Black Ferns. Just from what I saw on Saturday night, uh, I think that they have found their Mm. groove here and the perfect time and the athletes among them are fantastic. But we know England's a great footy side and they are hungry for a victory here.
2: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see tactically, as you say, the black fans executed so well. Like, I mean, there are threats in the back three, mm-hmm. threats all over the park. And at the end of the day, everyone just did their job and got it out wide when they could, when they, that was the right decision to hit it up front when they needed to set-piece execution was was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously momentum-wise, if they carry that on against the Northern Hemisphere teams, who knows what what side the games will go. But, you know, certainly there's, there's ways to beat the likes of England, yep. the likes of France, Absolutely. New Zealand knows. They've done it at the last World Cup. That, they is, knew how to that, beat
1: them. You know, it's an a round not through kind of scenario, mm. I think, for the Black Ferns. So I look at that English squad, though. Um, Sarah Hunter, what a legend of the yeah. women's game, captaining the side again. Amy Cocaine, we'll claim her for our <laughs> own. Fielding high, absolutely, Amy. You know she where your heart too. is. She yeah, is yeah, front row. M. Scarrett's still there. Were you surprised Mo Hunt wasn't picked in the team, the no. half-back? Uh,
2: Really was. She, she, um, in fairness to Claudia as well, and obviously Leanne is a steward in there, but um, Mo has been on fire from a domestic uh, competition perspective Mm. and what she brings to a team environment in terms of getting the best out of her pack and a quick go forward ball. For our backs, for their backs, sorry. You can hear that. Whoa, 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 yeah. what, um, I, Sine, uh, what, what are we doing? Graeme was our nine for Barbarians, so, <laughs> right. so she was my teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Correction, she was, she was my teammate for Barbarians. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, certainly from a, um, an experience um, with mm. what she brings, but I mean, that just shows how... Deep, yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: that's it.
2: So
0: we're going to have a repeat of a 2017 final is that what i'm hearing or
1: well i mean i would love to see it i really would i think there's some work to get through for the ferns i look at the ferns pool and i think i think they'll account for the opposition there and so the pool stages i think are pretty to me a clear cut with the faves in those pools um so yeah who makes up the numbers for QFs, SFs? that's mm. still tbc but you know i I mean, I just can't go past those three, really. And I thought Canada would be a little bit stronger, but I think what we saw during the Four Nations earlier this year, the Pacific Cup, uh, whatever we were calling it. Pac-4. There we go, Pack mm-hmm. 4 mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really disappointed. I thought I thought they'd have a bit more than that. So hopefully they've gone away and worked on that because they'd still fancy themselves too as a chance, mm. I think.
2: Yeah, it'd be an interesting match-up for the first weekend mm. overall. And I think from a rugby perspective and a pure, you know, anyone who's new to the game there will be some you know close matches on hand they might not necessarily be the top two, three, mm. four that we're talking about, mm. but certainly there'll be other teams there that will be you know, challenging against each other and putting on a
1: spectacle nonetheless. Got to get points, first weekend, so crucial, yeah. but you're not getting away with that. Who are you picking?
0: Fijiano are going to be playing England, right? So they're the second, year. like how exciting are we actually, are we excited about Fijiano are going to be their first ever rugby first world cup? cup and they're going to be playing the, you know, well the favourites, obviously not the defending champions, but in the second game of the first day. Fijiana, are, we are we, are I, I, we, are we, what are
1: yeah. we doing? I think, because I think the Ferns will look at that game, yeah. we know what Fiji's going to play, um, <laughs> we know their style of football it's the same right across the board, whether it's men, whether it's sevens, whether it's fifteens, whether it's women, so they're going to try and use their athleticism against the English um, and it'll be really interesting to see how England responds Yeah, you know, they're a set piece dominant team <laughs> and that's where Fiji might be up against it, but you know, Sydney mentioned it, there's ways to play these teams, which do not play into their strengths. So if you run it up the guts at England, it's going to be a long day at the office, I think.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. right. And if you're disciplined and not let England get inside your 22 and more, you're over, um, you'll, be, you'll have a better day at the office. Mm. When I when you mentioned about Fijiana, what an opportunity to play against one of the best teams in the world. It's awesome. Unbelievable. I'm really looking forward to that game. Fijiana, I know a few of the, the women playing in that team and the coaching set up and I know Gaylene's been doing some wonderful work as well off the pitch with that that's Squad, and so I'm just really looking forward to see how they, you know, manage those opportunities. And against a team like England, um, very similar to France, and a level of uh, unpredictability, that will be really interesting and quite exciting to watch. Mm. I feel like there will also actually be probably a fair bit of support for the Fiji, Fijiana
0: side. Like we're living in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. <laughs> I feel like there's going to like the Fijian community are going to come out like you know all bolstered. Do you reckon that will help them swing a little?
1: Well, it's one of the great sights in world rugby that no matter where you see a tournament featuring Fiji, you'll find Fijians, and uh, (laughs) Eden Park will be no exception. They've got the most extraordinarily passionate fans in the game, Mm. I think. No one beats Fiji, and I spend a lot of time on the Seven Series, and uh, (laughs) man alive, they bring some serious heat from a fan point of view. I think the occasion's going to be huge for Fiji. England are used to it. They're used to big games, they have their own tournaments, mm. they're playing regular test match football and, and those numbers and the disparity in numbers even between how many tests the Black Ferns have played in this World Cup cycle versus how many England have played are extraordinary. So look, this is a huge ask for Fiji, but maybe again that's not what the day's about. The day's about getting out there and showing support. And you know every person cheering for Fiji in that game will be... A point of a percentage difference, the way they perform in the game.
0: Am I going to be looked at really funny if I say I'm going to go for an upset? You're going to go. I'm going to go. I feel like I just—I don't know what it is, but I feel like they're going to tip them on the first day. Can you imagine the, that? Exactly. That's what I'm like. I feel like that's going to happen.
1: Ash, Stanley, is, is this, like this being recorded? I assume Get it, it here first Yeah that's a, This is one of those I predicted a miracle Kind of calls from you And I like it
2: Yeah you never know it. too As well 10 minutes lots We held them out for What 60 minutes The last time we We played them but, um, mm. So if
1: they hold them With the extra
2: <laughs> 30 minutes What's 20 minutes, minutes, go 30 30 right. 30 minutes. <laughs> The support will carry them For their last Correct
1: <laughs> They'll be going on it mate They'll be on fumes For sure
0: Dark horses then any kind of people that we Or teams Or even players That we should be looking out for that maybe not have the biggest spotlight, but that you might be aware of, and why?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know too much about the strength of Wales in this tournament. Um, Again, Sydney, you're a better judge than me. Are they a team that can force their way into serious playoff contention in this tournament?
2: Wales and Scotland are very similar in their team makeup, where they have just some extraordinary stalwarts within the squad. Um, not necessarily superstar, superstar individuals, but a few, three, four senior players in those squads, um, like Sirwan Lilycrap, who's the captain for Wales, uh, Jay Conkle as well for Scotland, um, uh, Eleanor Snowsill as well with, with Wales. So there's a few combinations within those squads that if they turn it on, that actually mm. makes a difference to the squad to perform and they know that themselves so the pressure is on them yeah. and if I was the opposition, you'd rattle those guys.
0: Mm. Well they're in the pool with Australia and New Zealand so are you, you know we've also seen Australia play the Black Ferns this year Do you, do you feel, how do you feel that they'll be going
2: against those kinds of sides then? The Australia, Wales, Scotland, those three will have good games against each other I agree. and yeah. then it's just a matter of how they manage Tactically against
1: a team like the black friends mm. The US is going to be better than they were during the pack four I think they had 12 premiership players mm. English premiership players Returning to that squad their combinations did not look settled throughout that tournament. I think this time away back in camp with them all together mm. uh, Is going to see some massive improvements out of that American side. I really and Alev Kelter who's undoubtedly the star of that American side we just didn't see much from her just didn't have time to recover from the Premiership season didn't have an impact in that team during the Pack 4 but I think if she's on her game and they've trained her well, um, she's going to be one of the stars of this tournament. And the USA, I think, could cause some trouble for opposition.
2: She has some talent. I think Eight. this World Cup will have yeah. some of, like, the, obviously, everyone in each of the positions are the best in the world at the mm. moment. Mm. Um, but certainly from a centres perspective, that'll be some exciting matchups yeah. <laughs> in Great. the centres. Um. Yeah, that pool will be quite a good one because they've yeah. also got the Japanese, Is it the US, Italy, and-
0: you can help me for this. this the pool B. that's Canada, that's, that's
2: all of it. Yeah, Canada, Canada would be a really good good pull then. Yeah, Kate Zachary as well at the back of the scrum. 100%. You say has been on fire she all was, the season.
1: She's amazing, Kate Zachary. She, uh, she just has no off switch.
2: She is. Uh, you're right. I actually spent a bit of time in Exeter and she was the captain at the time, co-captain with Poppy Leach, mm. and uh, Poppy Leach is there still now. But uh, just the way she commands, you know, work ethic and. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty special to kind of be part of, and she she brings that to the from a USA perspective. So yeah, looking forward to seeing her in action.
0: The Black Ferns will obviously. How do you think they'll fare against the Northern Hemisphere teams? Because I mean, you've obviously played against a fair few of them. You've said that they're actually able to be beaten. Do you think on a good day the Black Ferns are actually going to be able to compete with their
2: forwards? I. Oh geez! of course <laughs> Absolutely Like I, You know the girls You know some of those girls mm-hmm. We know the girls themselves mm-hmm. There's no way they're intimidated by anyone if, any, if anything They will get up for those games especially But at the same time They've got to win their pool first And yeah. um, you know, I don't think they'll be looking too far ahead of themselves Because that's just the way I would expect them to be, <laughs> as and you mm-hmm. would be the same. Mm-hmm. That they just have to execute whatever their KPIs are, whether it's um, green zone execution, which is from the 22 to their scoring line, whether it's a set piece execution from scrums or lineouts, you know, whether it's ruck speed, you know, basics on winning a quick ball and defensive systems on both sides of the ball. Those, those sort of, they seem basic, but those are the processes that they've got to win towards, you know, what they will need to do then if, uh, if. I shouldn't say if when they progress to the next stage, but that's what I you know, would imagine that they'll be thinking about is just the process of how they get that performance out.
1: They, they don't want to ruck, the New Zealand side. Mm. They want to pass the ball in contact. They want to play the offload game. They want to take those strengths away from big packs who maul very well, who ruck very well. Um, and if they can do that, if they're allowed to do that, then you know, they're gonna have a field day out there in this tournament. They're just a very different team. We, we know their results in November last year, which seems an awful long time ago now. There's a lot of mitigation for mm. the way those games went, uh, not least of which was the COVID situation here. The fact that the team wasn't happy, I think we've been through that and litigated that. I mean, look at their coaching lineup, look at the spirit within that side now, look at the belief they have in the style of game they wanna play. You put all those things together, they become a very powerful concoction heading into a tournament, especially that belief point. Hmm. Uh, They truly believe that they've got a winning game plan, I think.
2: When I was watching uh, (coughs) the game against Australia, what I loved about uh, some of the tries that New Zealand scored, uh, apart from the superstar combination of uh, Kendrick Coxage and Ruahe Demont. Wow. I right, oh, was so grateful. I roomed with Ruahe and Barbarians the mm. second time. Mm. Wonderful person. One, i still got her boot bag. She gave me a boot bag. Black Fern's boot bag number 10. And I brought it over here as well. But um, she, I just loved the way she tagged the line. There was a line-out set-piece move and you could tell that wasn't the move But she just took it to the line. She ended up scoring Mm -hmm. that one. But New Zealand did that quite often. As in, they had, you know, structure, but they played natural within that structure. And like you say, they're just, you know... Naturally, going for the right decisions. Yeah, heads
1: up plays, right? Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're, I think that's what Wayne Smith's very good at saying this is what we want to achieve mm. work within these parameters. Mm. And we've got athletes who have such rugby intellect that they can make snap decisions in yeah. the heat of the moment, change the plan, and know that someone's going to be on the shoulder, someone's going to be there to clean the ruck. Uh, you know, and we give the backline a lot of credit, and of course you would when Portia Woodman's scoring seven <laughs> tries. Hunger, <laughs> by the way, absolute hunger. Uh, you know, the most improved player, I think, in the country this year has been Jonah Ngannwu. Mm. She is extraordinary in the second row for New Zealand, and it gives you so much luxury, I think, when you've got a, essentially a fourth loose forward floating around out there. Yeah. And not far behind her um, are our other locks. I thought Chelsea Bremner was extraordinary against um, Japan as well. She's had a big season. So you've got a second row that plays really loose, but can do the muscle work and you've got a loose forward trio that's proven now mm. right across the bench so uh you know and i haven't even made it to the front row mm. i love my props but <laughs> you know, sure, props, props and, i know it, props yeah. and hookers you know <laughs> they're going to have a challenge man but um you know I, I think that's they don't get enough credit for setting that platform for the black fans to work from. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of confidence, you can tell, in the Blackburns from, from things. Yeah, you know, I say, it's the Yeah, experience. I'm getting excited, to so watch should happen here? Oh five minutes. I was pumped. Yeah. yeah, well, it can show, but it, can, it shows also when they're confident. Like, Doah coming out and playing the way she has been mm-hmm. playing recently, mm-hmm. she just seems like she's a hell of a lot more confident. I personally actually liked her at second five as opposed to first, but she plays wonderfully there with her, obviously, and clearly I'm not the coach. So we've got people who are picking very good, but all across, it just shows that she can. So there's that
2: comp- confidence factor, I think, also coming into a, a home World Cup.
1: Yeah, It's
2: so great you mentioned around her second 5-8 ability to slot in because World Cups rely on players to be able to play a few positions. Yeah. Um, just from a... You know, um, you just never know with World Cups <laughs> the pressure yeah, of them and when you're needed and where.
1: N- there's not going to be a team in this tournament who goes through unscathed. That's the nature of top-level footy. Mm. You know, and that's why Hazel Chebik's got the nod in the squad as well. She covers three positions on the field. Mm. Um, she's a great organised footballer. You know, I think Hazel Turbic's going to have a say in this tournament one way or another. That, Unfortunately, that might be at the expense of someone who's injured out, but she's an extraordinary player. I, I think she makes match day team every single week, and that's what's so good. You know, 12 months ago, Hazel Turbic's not thinking about a Rugby World Cup, and yet here she is. Yeah. And those stories will be replicated throughout this tournament. I always find them the best stories you know those people who have found themselves in the situation through sheer bloody mindedness perseverance persistence doggedness and they're in the team and then they have an impact as well on the tournament. Those, I think they're always the players for me that you look out for,
2: yeah. Awesome.
0: What is it for then for players? Because I mean, I see now you've obviously were in 2017 Rugby World Cup in Ireland, playing for Ireland. How are the players here actually gonna feel like the Black Ferns
2: playing home for the very first time? What's going through their minds at the moment? Yeah, there'll be different resources available for different teams in terms of how they can be helped to cope with that type of pressure environment um but i i think the girls have prepared so well i think the black friends have prepared well enough that they will be relaxed you would hope that they would be relaxed head in, into these games yeah. the challenges are when they start to overthink or um you know start to let that type of pressure get into the point where they won't perform. It's just around their own uh, mechanisms to control that. But otherwise, I would say the girls are pretty relaxed.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna go through a World Cup and you're gonna go all the way, you don't wanna be tense on day one. Yeah. Because the pressure's only gonna climb on you. So if you come into it feeling this stressed right on the opening day, imagine where you're gonna be mm. by the time you've made a QF, a semi-final, a final. So. But I think, you know, as talks about that, that hometown support, that extra element that, that gives a team. They're hosting a World Cup, it's in front of their family, their friends, um, you know, I, and I love the pictures coming out of Ireland during that last World Cup. It was great and really enjoyed that because I thought there was some genuine passion for the game there. It's, it's different here though, eh, when you come back to New Zealand because when you've got those events in Europe and you've got a number of European or North American teams involved, you probably get a lot more traveling fans. And away fans than you would here and that's going to be something that the other teams have to think about too, right, because when we play games of rugby in New Zealand, men and women the crowd is 95% New Zealand, if not 99 and so yeah, it's going to be quite similar I think in this event, it's going to be a weird experience to look up and it's just to see a black every time you're playing the black fans so where do the neutrals go, that's what I'm interested to see, mm. who do the fans cheer for we saw it in 2011, World Cup here, there was a game in Palmerston North it was the last pool game of the tournament it was Georgia Romania there was absolutely nothing <laughs> but pride on it I was calling that game it was funny and they filled FMG stadium mm. uh, 14 and a half thousand people uh, in Palmerston North and they had decided that for those who lived outside the city limits they'd support Georgia and those inside would support Romania. And it was one of the most incredible atmospheres I've ever been a part of, and I'd love to see that for this World Cup as mm-hmm. well. Just go to a game, choose a team, get your mates, and go to town, make it a festival.
0: Everyone, we always talk about the players feeling, and I mean, they're gonna be massive. Like, I can't even, there's gonna be tears on the first opening match, guaranteed. That's just me. But, from, but I'm just saying, from a broadcaster's you know perspective, what's it been going to be like for you scotty what's the kind of thing that makes you go i want to keep on doing this and this is why i want to do it
1: um well (laughs) yeah and there's different elements i mean just being there you're all aware of charlie and the chocolate factory i mean this is the golden ticket job man i get to you know i get to be inside the factory on the sideline watching these games close proximity to the athletes feeling that atmosphere I mean, it beats a hard day's work any day, right? Um, But those experiences, they stay with you. It doesn't matter whether you've covered Olympic Games, Winter Olympics, Commonwealth Games, Rugby World Cups. Um, They're big events, and you understand the pressures that go with those for the athletes. You understand that the quality just goes up a level, uh, and and you get to be a very small part of that and helping, in our case, New Zealanders enjoy the coverage. of what is a home event and what should be a blockbuster event. So it's it's just a privilege to be a part of these things, I think, from a broadcasting point of view. It really is. Yeah.
0: And when you both look back on like after, you know, we're done and dusted rugby World Cup 2021 is now a gone thing. Looking back, what do you think success will actually look like for both of you?
1: Personal success I just want to make it through the tournament.
0: For <laughs> Don't forget,
1: it's a big summer of cricket on Spark Sport as well. So, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Every moment matters. And the it's
0: Rugby League the World Cup is and kicking off on the fifteenth of yeah. October too. It's a massive on Spark. I'm
1: just going for survival. If I can get through <laughs> this tournament in one piece, no. Uh, look, I, I just, I want to see a worthy champion. Um, and I, you know you don't have to be overtly patriotic about it everyone knows that I've got a soft spot for the Black Ferns I've known so many of these uh, unbelievable women for so long I've watched their careers bloom so hmm. of course there's a part of me that my heart's always going to be there for them um, but you just want to see a worthy champion and you know that, that moment when some captain gets to lift that cup and you realise what that represents and it's not actually a game of footy it's all the barriers that have been broken, all the glass ceilings that have been shattered, all the hours that they've committed to playing sport as well as holding down day jobs in so many cases. All the other things that these women must do in order to be on that field, that's what lifting that trophy represents and that's so much more powerful than a paid professional who's had a good day out on the footy field for me.
0: I mean, you talk about that, but like, I don't know Do don't people? I don't know if people realise the kind of that significance of it because I feel like they're just like, oh, it's just a, it's just a rugby world cup, you know, It's just another rugby game, and we're just holding it in outside all New Zealand. But what you've mentioned is just like that's what sings to my soul, you you know.
1: Because it it does, right? It's um, I mean, you know, you've had a most incredible career in rugby, but you know, you you will be remembered for using rugby as a vehicle for change. Mm. And and that's really where, you know, you've made such a great impact for Ireland on the footy field, but look at what you've been able to do, what that's allowed you to do, and how that's allowed you to inspire others. And that's the really powerful, you know, I think the, the really powerful component that Seni brings to our team, not just a bone-deep knowledge of these European sides, but also you know the fight, right? I'll give you your
2: money later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to follow on from just that excellent, the way you captured exactly what the World Cup represents and what it's about. Um, Certainly from an impact perspective, once this World Cup is played and delivered and the players have given it their best and fans have been able to see it, you would hope impact-wise young girls would want to pick up a rugby ball. Mm. Not just in New Zealand, but globally. And you would hope and think and uh, you would probably, not assume, but would encourage like you know the different countries to consider oh you know our domestic programs right, you know, to give these girls an opportunity. Is the leadership and governance is that set up to you know sort of mandated towards the direction and growth of women's rugby, different things like that. Um, you know, commercial partners are there available to support our women's clubs and communities and teams and those sorts of things. I think there's a bigger scope, you know, after this World Cup is done and players know that, but first and foremost they just want to perform and Mm -hmm. win the World Cup for their country, but from an impact perspective, for me, that also excites me because, like you mentioned before, I'm so privileged to know so many of these players, so many of the teams, so many of the coaches and management, everyone involved, the operation, the blood, sweat and tears, the years it takes to get to a World Cup and we spent years and we didn't make it mm. by a point. And that's okay, mm. I'm grateful to be here now. I wouldn't be here without my team um, to have this opportunity with the new legends. Um, but certainly, you know, that next step after the campaign is about, you know...
1: Yeah, the this next is not the end, this yeah, is the yeah, start, absolutely. right? Yeah,
2: So oh, I think that's basically. So
0: that, that's it, that's our kōrero yeah, for today. It. That's our rock On podcast with Scotty and yeah. Um And so basically, thank you so much for both of you actually coming in and honestly, we're looking forward to Saturday the 8th of October, but also Sunday the 9th and Whangarei for everyone else. So the opening weekend's gonna be massive, so we really appreciate it
1: That's my birth town, Whangarei, <laughs> so make sure oh. all you Tetai Tukaroans get out there and get along to the game. I feel like they'll probably be a seller. More in fun, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> mm. yes please.